I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm Patty Teal, and I'm here today with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Hi, Vicki. Hi, Patty. Nice to be here, as always. It's always great to have you, and you share such valuable information. What's your warning about today? Well, the scam I want to talk about this week is what I call the refund scam. And we've talked about this before, but it's fresh in my mind right now after a phone call I received this last week. And this story really demonstrates that anybody can be scammed. Boy, we have learned that, haven't we? By talking to so many guests that have been scammed and based on all these stories, it can happen to young and old alike. Absolutely. And Patty, there's a myth that fraud victims are, well, pick your adjective, stupid, naive, gullible, lonely, elderly, intellectually challenged. And sometimes these things are true. Sometimes these folks are victimized. But in reality, victims come in all shapes and sizes. And there is a scam for everyone, like the victim I talked to this last week. This gentleman was highly educated, articulate, professional, with a high degree of cognitive abilities. And he was emotionally devastated to discover that he had been scammed. Well, I'm really sorry to hear that, Vicki. What happened to him? Well, he got an email from a company called Mac Cafe Virus Protection with an invoice telling him that he owed money. And this is the tricky part, Patty. He had used that company in the past, but he hadn't renewed his service contract. Hmm. I'm guessing there was a phone number to call if there was a problem. Right. He called somebody who claimed to be the company rep, and he said to the company rep, I didn't order this. So the rep did some checking and admitted that the company had made a mistake. They had installed a service that this victim had never ordered, but not to worry, the scammer assured him that they could uninstall what they had installed. Oh, gosh, I'm afraid to ask. In order to do this, did they have to take over his computer? That's right. So the caller could remove the program if the victim gave him remote access to the computer and also deposit the refund right back into his bank account. Well, now that's another twist to this scam, isn't it? Now they need to get remote access to your computer to remove a program that they mistakenly installed as well as deposit the refund. I mean, you have to admit it makes a lot of sense. That's right, Patty. It really does. And it made sense to our victim. So he gave the scammer a remote access to the computer. And the next thing that he was asked to do, and this part is kind of tricky too, He was asked to type in the amount of the refund that he was supposedly owed, which was $400. But when he typed in the number, it came out as $4,000. And since our victim was doing the typing, did he just think he'd made a mistake? No, he didn't. But when the scammer showed him his bank records, there it was in his checking account, $4,000. Of course, what he later found out was that the scammer also had access to his home equity line of credit, and he had taken the $4,000 from that account and transferred it into the checking account, which is where it showed up. 
And he also figured out that somehow that scammer had been able to add an extra zero to the number that our victim typed. Thank you. This is such a sophisticated scam. I have to ask, did he get access to that line of credit after he had access remotely to the computer? Was it that fast? Well, he was given access to the victim's bank account, so this money could be refunded. And somehow, once he had access to the victim's bank account, he was also able to access the equity line of credit. I mean, it's amazing what these scammers are able to do with their computer. So yes, it was a very sophisticated scam. And now, of course, the scammer made this supposed overpayment the victim's problem. We've seen this before. Yes, we have. Yeah, the victim had to find a way to pay this money back. Otherwise, this poor guy was going to lose his job, wouldn't be able to support his children, and on and on and on, one sob story after another. Right. So he played on the victim's emotions and created that sense of urgency that they always go for. So, Patty, you can guess what he was asked to do by gift cards, which unfortunately he did. Oh, that is so unfortunate. And how and when did the victim realize that he'd been scammed? When he started to get suspicious, he checked his bank records and he saw that the deposit in his checking account, the $4,000, was still there. So that made him feel good. But when he checked his equity line, he saw that there was $4,000 missing. Oh, and you started out this real life story telling us about the emotional toll. What did he tell you? Well, as I said in the beginning, this gentleman was highly educated, smart, articulate, a working professional, and he just couldn't believe that he had been scammed. So, of course, he started to question himself and question his ability to make good decisions. It really destroyed his confidence and it sent him into a deep, deep depression. My goodness, I'm so sorry to hear that. Is this uncommon, this reaction to become depressed after getting scammed? No, Patty, it really isn't. I've seen this happen many times. And it seems that the smarter the person, the more they seem to suffer from being scammed. It's such a blow to their ego and their sense of self-worth. And as our victim said, the money is one thing, but the emotional toll is something else entirely. Gosh, Vicki, and as you said at the beginning, there is a scam for everyone, and this case certainly proves that, and I know I get phone calls every week, and if I didn't talk to you on a weekly basis, I think I would have fallen for a couple of them. They have become so sophisticated and so tricky, as I said last week. A company asked for my American Express, and when I said I didn't have one, they brought up the keyword gift cards. But that asking for an American Express made them seem legitimate. And if I hadn't been a part of this show, I might have fallen for it. Yeah, it's amazing. And the scams keep morphing and different ones come along all the time. And you just have to have some generalized rules. I got a request to do a presentation at one of our senior residences here in Santa Barbara, the director listed all the various scams that her residents had been subjected to, and many of them had you click on a link. This problem has come up. You can fix this problem by clicking on a link. The reasons that you had to fix the problem were numerous, but the one commonality was whenever they asked you to click on a link, you knew it was a scam. So that's going to have to be a big red flag like buying gift cards. 
Right. Hard and fast rules are the way to go. Any good news today, Vicki? I do have some good news. This is actually from New York, the Department of Justice in New York. Seven defendants were indicted in a counterfeit goods scheme. Apparently, this group imported generic goods from China, and then they applied brand labels and sold these products to retail and wholesale purchasers as if they were that brand. Now, this is what got to me. So here were the fakes that they were trying to pass off as these brands. Timberland Boots, Beats Headphone, I have to admit, I don't even know what that was. Nike Air Jordan, but here's the one that really got me. They were selling fake Uggs. Now, I love my Uggs. I got a pair of Uggs for Christmas. I'm assuming they're not fake Uggs, but who knows? (laughs) (laughs) They are so cozy. I understand. (laughs) So I'm glad these folks were caught and indicted Mm -hmm. and are going to be prosecuted. Yeah. So that's that's my good news, Patty. That is good news. It's always good when the bad guys get in trouble. So thank you so much for sharing, Vicki. We really appreciate you and all the good work you do to educate the public. Would you give your fraud hotline number, please? I will. It's area code 805-568-2442. So I'll repeat that. 805-568-2442. Thank you so much, Vicki. I look forward to talking to you again next week. Take care. Thanks, Patty. Bye.